Welcome to our Exchanges of Goldman Sachs Markets update for Friday, September 25th. Each week, we check in with a leader across the firm to get a quick take on what they're watching in markets. I'm Jake Seward, Global Head of Corporate Communications here at the firm. Joining us today, we have a frequent guest of the program, Jen Roth, who heads Emerging Markets International Sales in our Global Markets Division. Jen, welcome back to the program. Thanks, Jake. It's great to see you as always. Let's start with China. China's always you know, looms large when we talk about these markets. The economy there is rebounding pretty quickly, a lot quicker than many expected after the pandemic and a lot faster than most developed economies. What's driving the growth there and what's the outlook? Yeah, so look, there are three key reasons why China's economy has really rebounded a lot more quickly from the pandemic. The biggest reason is simply that China was left relatively unscathed given they had a much lower COVID caseload early on and were much quicker in shutting down their economy. This allowed them to restart their economy a lot more quickly, which is reflected very clearly in the recent strong data prints we've seen. In addition, they've had the ability to implement fiscal stimulus directly and effectively through infrastructure build-out. And finally, the world's recovered a lot more quickly than the dire forecast from a few months ago, which has really benefited China's export sector. So beyond China, some of the other emerging market economies are generally lagging behind the developed nations. Why is that? So look, I mean, the impact of COVID has been much more significant from a health perspective in most other EM countries. There has been and really continues to be a much larger caseload in places like Brazil, India, Mexico, Indonesia, just to name a few, which has really hampered the government's ability to reopen their economies as quickly and rapidly as China has. So a lot of times we find when there's an emerging market crisis that these countries have fewer policy levers they can pull to get their economies going back again. Explain that dynamic and how we see that play out during the pandemic here. Yeah, Jake, look, that's absolutely right in regards to EM countries having a more limited toolkit than developed market countries. And we've really seen an interesting phenomenon in this particular crisis compared to previous crises with EM central banks really allowing their currencies to depreciate and use monetary policy to stimulate their economies. The question really is going to be, and that we're watching closely, is this policy mix going to end poorly with many of these countries experiencing large fiscal crises and increased political unrest? As you mentioned, a lot of them are using fiscal stimulus, which means they're piling on debt. What are the the implications for that running up debt? I mean, the US and Japan can do something like that with almost no pain, at least at the moment. But what happens in an EM country that's a little leveraged? Yeah, look, I mean, moving forward, we're probably going to see a lot more downgrades from the rating agencies. This will raise funding costs for these countries and have a material impact on growth, which really could become a vicious cycle. Let's take Brazil as an example. You know, public spending has increased and debt to GDP is close to 85%. Even post-COVID, it's going to be really hard to reverse, which was meant to be temporary spending and will really raise questions about their long-term debt sustainability. So based on what you're hearing from clients, has the emerging market investment thesis been fundamentally changed by the pandemic? Or is this just a a sort of pause? Yeah, look, I mean, even though we've discussed some of these concerns around EM, there really is the view that we could be on the precipice of an incredibly friendly macro environment for EM assets once we get past the macro volatility of the next six to eight weeks. You have a market that's flush with central bank provided liquidity, and you have the potential for a material pickup in growth into 2021. And given there aren't that many places in the world left with yield, EM should really benefit, even though fundamentally some of these countries won't really look as solid. We like EMFX as a way to play on this theme and select EM high-yielding credits. But just to reiterate, we do think the next six to eight weeks will be very bumpy from a market's perspective and price action. So with all the dynamics you described, Jen, are clients sitting still or is there a lot of activity in markets right now? Are clients repositioning? 
we have a lot of macro risk over the next six to eight weeks. We have the U.S. election where there's a lot of uncertainty around that. And we also have the potential for some vaccine-related news. So because of that, a lot of our investors are actually staying pretty close to home and looking for better opportunities to get involved and waiting for some of this volatility to subside before they get a lot more active in the markets. All right, Jen, always interesting to hear your perspective. Thanks for joining us today. Great to be here as always. Thanks so much, Jake. That's all for this week's Markets Update on Exchange of Goldman Sachs. And in case you missed it, check out our first mini-series, which came out earlier this week. Exchange's Deep Dive, The Battle for Our Screens, is a four-part look at the future of entertainment, work, social media, and tech policy. Thank you for listening and hope everyone has a great weekend. This podcast was recorded on Wednesday, September 23rd, 2020. All price references and market forecasts correspond to the date of this recording. This podcast should not be copied, distributed, published, or reproduced in whole or in part. The information contained in this podcast does not constitute research or a recommendation from any Goldman Sachs entity to the listener. Neither Goldman Sachs nor any of its affiliates makes any representation or warranty as to the accuracy or completeness of the statements or any information contained in this podcast and any liability, therefore, including in respect of direct, indirect, or consequential loss or damage, is expressly disclaimed. The views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily those of Goldman Sachs, and Goldman Sachs is not providing any financial, economic, legal, accounting, or tax advice or recommendations in this podcast. In addition, the receipt of this podcast by any listener is not to be taken as constituting the giving of investment advice by Goldman Sachs to that listener, nor to constitute such person a client of any Goldman Sachs entity.